Are the kids gone? Good. It's time for Telling Lies to Children with me, your host, Paul Durham. This is a first-of-its-kind podcast, one hosted by a children's author, that's me again, but intended for adults who live and breathe children's literature. That's you. Whether you're a librarian, a media specialist, a teacher, or a parent, we all work with children every day. But sometimes, it's nice to talk like adults with adults who share our love of children's books and publishing. I'll be chatting with editors at the world's biggest publishing houses, literary agents, award-winning authors, booksellers, librarians, and even young readers. Join me and my guests as we give you a candid, behind-the-scenes look at children's publishing, the business of telling lies to children. But only the best kinds of lies, of course. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show. back at Water Street Bookstore for the second annual Halloween podcast with, with, with booksellers extraordinaire Jill Sweeney Bosa and Alice Ahn. Thank you guys for being back. Of course. Uh, it's we so- are so happy to be back. We had a lot of fun last year. Always awesome to promote uh, the horror books, horror genres, which are often overlooked in children's books sometimes, <laughs> I feel. The, the, the blood-curling, nightmare-inducing yeah, books reason, don't always get. Yeah, parents are like, maybe not. <laughs> Well, now's our big chance. Yes. At least once a year, we're going to scare all the kids, right? Yes. <laughs> so, um, so jumping right into it, who, who wants to start? You guys, you guys want to start with one of your one of your. Do you want me to start with sure. picture books? Yeah, and I've got a picture book. And then we'll mor- morph into um, older kids stuff. Mm-hmm. Although picture books are good for any age, picture books matter. Um, Do not ever feel ashamed in getting a picture book at a store. Yeah, it's um, so. There's some um, a couple of cute ones that I absolutely fell in love with this year. And um, Bob Shea has written and illustrated the scariest book ever, <laughs> and it is so fantastic. Um, he has that that great tongue in cheek sort of humor um, that's fun for kids to read, fun for their adults in their lives um, to read with them. And it's about um, a ghost who lives in a spooky mansion by a dark forest. And, yeah, he's scared of his own shadow, basically. And he's determined, he wants to know what's going on um, in, uh, out in the deep, dark woods. But he's a little too afraid to get out there himself, so he sends the reader out looking. Um, and it's just really cute because he's determined to prove just how spooky this stuff is and why we should be totally frightened by it. Um, but there's a little silver lining. Sometimes the dark brings out really good stuff. And it's so cute and sweet. And it should be said, he's a very intimidating-looking ghost on the cover with those pink eyes and the yeah. sad face, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but the wordplay is super yeah. playful. It's fun and engaging. And, yeah, definitely look at the woods. Yeah. Very cool woods. I love, I love eyes in the woods, like the little white eyes in the, yes. in the dark, spooky forest. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that is super cute, and Alice and I both got a really big kick out of it. Now, yeah, did, that give, I... did that give you nightmares, Alice, that one? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I will say I love the art in the book and the way that the ghost is done in the book. It's, yeah. not, always, like, it's not always drawn with like the white. It, it's got this little glossiness, so it actually really looks like a ghost. It's transparent. Yeah, that's, I just thought they it was did it. A, 
cool, unique way of doing it. Because, you know, they could have just done it white and called it a day. Like, exactly, right? Yeah. Assuming, well, we know how ghosts look yeah. and everything, but um, it's really cheeky and fun, and the colors pop like crazy. It's really cute. Um, awesome. The other one, and it's a, a completely different feel, but again, gorgeously illustrated, is We Sister Strange. It's by Holly Grant and illustrated by K.G. Campbell. And it's got this sort of um, dreamy, uh, twilight, sumptuous colors, um, deep in the forest story. And it's about a little girl, and she seems to be some sort of forest sprite or a little girl of nature. Um, and she's on her own out there, seeing the beauty of nature and the night, what the nighttime can bring. And she's searching for something. And it adds a little bit of... Um, suspense to the story. What is she looking for? And what she's looking for is something um, that I think we all look for. And um, that the comfort of the nighttime and um, making a connection in a surprising way. And it is absolutely beautiful. And I just wanted to read one little bit. That, again, you just got to see this book. The colors are so beautiful. It says... She drinks up the moon like a cat drinking cream. She drinks up the dark like it's tea with a queen. Very cute. And it's just really... Um, so it, you, when you're thinking about a little kid on their own in the forest and sort of the spooky time of night, and um, but it's it's actually um, really lovely, lovely and moving. And the, 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 and the color palette really is... Isn't that it, gorgeous? It's, it's actually, yeah, it's got yeah, a, so it's very... very yeah. it, it speaks autumn and um, harvest time and mystery. It's absolutely beautiful. Oh. I also had a another picture book that I think we sold out of, so I don't have it with me right now. But it, um, I actually read it earlier this year when we got the preview copy of it, and it was called, I think, Halloween with Pug and Pig or something like oh, that. Oh, gosh, so sweet. Oh, my God. I know I'm a major, major sucker for... Uh, children's picture books that have to do with friendship but it's about this pug and a pig and they're going out like trick-or-treating and they're dressed as skeletons but I think it's pug who's having a bad time and yeah. he, he's like he doesn't like his costume and he feels like he's like closed up in it and uh it, like it, the story ends up being a lot about like you know let's have fun and everyone having fun means that sometimes you have to dial it back so that um, someone else can be like this is how I'm going to have fun with you. You don't have to, we don't have to do all the same things. Um, again, I'm a major sucker for adorable, like, friendship books. So yeah. it was right up my alley. And the art is just really, really cute. Like, they're just, they're so round and they're so cute. Oh, it's super cute. Yeah. Um, so uh, for, like, a super sweet, um, like, more in the style of scariest book ever, um, uh, just a, Awfully sweet friendship book. That was a great book. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it's so great for um, this this um, age group. You know those stories where we can face maybe the sp spooky stuff together. Yeah. Is is um um I love that kind of feel of the story. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and when when do your Halloween books start rolling in it's here in the store? Just out of curiosity in the store. So when do they start? Like earlier than I feel they should. <laughs> yeah, like not like Fourth of July, but but probably uh, in the like probably late summer they start to. I don't they start know. To... I almost feel like yeah. I almost want to say July. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. I felt. I feel like um, was it? Well, the advanced copies. We obviously yeah, see get the, the advanced get the copies early, early so yeah. we we know what's coming down the pike. Um, but. Um, 
Yeah, I think we had everything up and running um, on the kids' side. The displays were up. I think it might have been... I think we got our first one right at the end of school end. Because yeah. I remember we got them yeah. right when we got the Welcome Back to School books. And it was at the end of at the beginning of summer. And I was like, you can't do this. They only get to get out of summer. I don't even want to think about this right now. And they sent us like Halloween books as well. And I was like, this is just, this is future planning I'm not prepared for. <laughs> well, well, I guess one of the things that we should emphasize on this podcast is that we're all fans of scary books year round. Yeah. Right? So even, exactly. if, so even if you hear well, this, this after Halloween, it yeah. definitely, uh, the, I think all these books will be worth picking up any time of the year. Um, and you know, it's just that, that, that evokes such great yeah. feeling because um, if you're not if you're reading a spooky book um, set, set in autumn, if you're reading it any other time of the year, it just draws you back to that exciting feeling of Halloween's coming. You know, yeah. the days are getting um, last shorter. Night, last it's night was a really good night for creamy Yes, yeah, last <laughs> night, oh, that was a, quite a storm. High winds and driving rain, and so definitely... Our nor'easter. I think when we did this last year, we had, like, a brutal... We were actually right. we were actually sitting here, and it was, like, windy and That's stormy. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's... All in um, New England. <laughs> Mother Nature saying, let me help you out with that atmospheric yeah. stuff. It's, it's been summer too long. Yep. Exactly. Um, what else you got? So what do you, what else do you have? Like, do we got through some great picture books? What else? Because um, I'm I always curious too. Moving up into middle grade fiction, mm-hmm. um, I do have to say I don't know whether we want to start with graphic novels or not, but uh, graphics and Scholastic have been really pushing the graphic novels for the Halloween season, which has okay. been really nice for for me and in, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, yes. I really like how. There's, you know, Togemeyer sort of was like, let's let's make it so that it, this is a good thing to read and it teaches you something. And um, I think especially with ghosts, they, they went with um, a couple of these books. And Jill and I have both got one. Um, they sent it to us, like, around the same time, too. Yeah. Um, I have Graveyard Shakes, which is probably the most obvious of the... of Did you read Ghosts? You should read this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It was a really sweet story in its own anyway. It's about two sisters, and um, they've got a ghost, uh, a bit of a ghost problem, and one of them is more comfortable with ghosts, one of them is not, um, and the ghosts also have their own plot in the book, which wasn't in Telgemeier's Ghosts. Sorry, I should probably mm-hmm. stop comparing the two. Um, but the art is really, the art is really great, and what I liked about it is that it, it isn't like a, like a cruel horror story or anything, but it does have spooky factors in it that oh, yes. give it just enough of that hint so that you, it definitely is a Halloween spooky story. Um, and I, I'm always, again, I'm always a sucker for good sister relationships presented in books. That's <laughs> happen. Um, that's a really good one. I love that. So but that's, yeah, that's I, Graveyard I, Shakes by, mm-hmm. and who's the author? Laura Terry. Laura Terry, okay. Yeah, both of us felt very strongly about that one. Okay, great. Um, another one that um, you read this as well. I did. Yeah, and we both. Uh, Molly Ostertag um, has come out with The Witch Boy. Mm-hmm. and um, Not to be confused with Witch's Boy. Right, right. right. <laughs> Which was an excellent um, book as yes. well. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I'm in love with this. I absolutely love it. It's beautifully illustrated, but um, I love... It's a story of a boy named Aster. Um, he lives in a community where the um, girls... Everyone knows that girls are witches, boys are shapeshifters, and there's really... Um, there's a, a line that's not crossed there. Um, but his, at his core, he is drawn to the magic 
and he's got a natural talent for it. But it, it's, it's so frowned upon. In fact, it's, it's pretty much taboo. Um, and yet he can't stop himself from wanting to sort of um, learn on his own um, secretly. And uh, it's good that he is sort of discovering that about himself and following that instinct to, to embrace magic because um, there's a very dark menace. Um, lurking uh, out there and uh, targeting the other boys of the community and so he has to really step up and it's just this beautiful these beautiful moments of um, the magic is beautiful seeing him um, do it but also um, making a friendship with somebody who's completely outside of the realm what he normally is. this is a regular girl who has no magic going for whatsoever and yet um, she helps him see that um, following following your heart is scary, but it's also um, putting yourself in a position of um, maybe doing the right thing. And um, and they find and a connection do. too because they're somewhat yeah. similar in in that he wants to study magic and they won't let him because he's a boy, and she wants yeah. to be in sports, but they won't let her because she's a girl. Exactly. So they're both feeling like, you know, they're drawn to something that they are not allowed to enjoy. Exactly. Um, and they're the only thing that is standing in their way is the opinions of other people. <laughs> yeah. It's really strong, beautiful. I absolutely loved it. Great. The Witch Boy, uh, the Witch Boy by Molly Knox Ostertag. <laughs> I think Ostertag is a pretty well-known artist online too. I think I was a little, I was, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by these um, releases um, of online internet artists that I mm -hmm. follow who now are getting their own graphic novels. It's really nice to see them get their recognition outside of, I feel <laughs> what I feel were closed communities on the internet. Um, Very cool. All right. Any other graphic novels to wrap that up, or is that? Oh, oh, yes. Um, Ooh, yay. Yes. Uh, so this is maybe not for the faint-hearted because um, it is uh, the graphic novel adaptation of a bunch of po uh, Edgar Allan Poe poems and stories and poems. Um, the reason I labeled this with a bit of a worry tag is that it got much more gory than I thought it would. Really? I yeah. mean, and I know that Poe has his moments, obviously, but... Um, it really does not shy away from what Poe was going for, which was, you know, his atmosphere and his yep. morbidity. Um, but it's it's really great. I mean, I love Gareth Hines for what he does um, with uh, making adaptations. Um, I feel like he always tries to make them accessible without sacrificing um, sacrificing the original intent or the original themes of the story and he really nailed that with Poe because it was both really horrifying and gory and um, and he has a bunch of the actual text um, he, he never edits too much arguably there is a bunch of words in here that I did notice were a little bit more um, aimed for older um, might have to pull out a dictionary for this one but mm -hmm. um, I mean it's still a beautiful Mm. creepy gothic Yay. bundle of stories and Poe is always a good fallback if, <laughs> if you aren't into Poe yeah. Um, yeah, Poe delivers yeah and very striking the art's very striking um, cool I, and yeah very cool yeah. 
the um, the last graphic novel um, that we have. Is that it? You didn't have another one. I do have. Oh, you do. One okay, more, great. But... You have another one. Um, so I really like Sui and the Shadow. This is a graphic novel out of South Korea by Ginger Lee and Molly Park. Um, look at this color palette. It's it's, oh, wow. um, it's yeah. limited to a, a few colors, but boy, does it. Yep, the red is it very black and white and Isn't that darks, great? but yeah, then there's a very, like, the that red crimson? punches it up. Yep. Isn't that gorgeous? Crimson. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, um, Sui's a really cool girl, um, all in black. Mm -hmm. She's 12 years old. Yeah. Um, is a loner by choice. She really prefers it that way. She she's she she likes that she has no friends. Um, she um, ends up getting transferred to um, a new school called Outskirts Elementary, and um, lots of weird stuff starts happening um she suddenly you know shadows are coming to life um her fellow classmates are turning into capital z zeros um so it's like <clears throat> kind of zombie-ish behavior and um she's desperate to figure out what's happening and she has this um you know reluctant friendship starts to begin beginning with a couple of um of kids in the new school and um, they uncover something really dark and sinister that's going on. And it's um, very cool, um, um, clever, and um, I thought it was really fun. And I was really, really pleased with that palette that we mentioned, um, the color palette. Yeah. It's, Different it's, style. You think of it, of, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just lets the shadow play um, really come to life. Um, so anyhow, yeah, and you know, when you think of any book that happens in a school and the cr principal's creepy, that's, you know, I'm in. <laughs> so, so yeah, I thought that was really fun, that Sui and the Shadow and by the Ginger Shadow. Lee and Molly Park. Excellent. All right, so I actually debated about bringing this one on for a while, and then I decided there's enough creepy stuff in here that i would give it a shot um it is an ongoing comic book series called the backstagers okay um it is being published by boombox comics which i love they do lumberjanes so if anyone out there reads lumberjanes i would really recommend the backstagers um they're about these boys who are the backstage crew of their school's drama club but instead of you know making their props like the boring way everyone else does they actually go through some sort of portal into a fantasy land where they just pick up the props there um and they they often do like you know super dangerous stuff to get certain props like like it starts with them trying to get like a crown and it's like you know and then they finally get it and they hand it to the person who needs the crown and he's like oh yeah whatever what backstage you don't even do anything so it's you know the sense of like they're the underappreciated people behind the scenes who go into the fantasy world and get all these props it definitely has because this fantasy world has monsters and it does get um intense at times because of that and that was the reason i considered uh like there are spiders and creepy messages um and spiders <laughs> i know a lot of people who don't like spiders um and uh I, you know it's just a cute comic but it you know the great thing about boombox comics is that they've been doing these really adorable comics with like an element of maturity threaded through them they do not talk down to the people who read their comics um and it's this wonderful 
gap, I think, between, you know, if you want something a little maybe continuous, not a graphic novel, but you don't want, you know, bulky men punching each other with right. superpowers, um, then you can read Boombox. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, and Creepy's Relative. So, I mean, not, yeah. every, not every book has to make you, you know, wet your pants or, 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 or have to, yeah. like, you know, stay up with the light on and not be able to sleep at night. So, yeah. <laughs> Cool. So the backstagers, and this and who this is edited by, a bunch by of people. yeah. So you get a variety um, of. Yeah. But uh, it's mainly written by James Tinian the Fourth. Okay. Um, and he, he has actually worked a lot for DC and a bunch of. Uh, he he writes a bunch around. Um, and it was actually nice to have like with the Lumberjanes, you know, which was about an unconventional group of girls. It was nice to also have an unconventional group of boys. Great. Um, that are not your typical. You know, chosen one super like heroes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Great choices. Excellent. Oh, um, so does that do it for the graphic novels? So. Graphic novels. Okay. All right. So moving into um, middle grade, middle grade fiction. Middle fiction. Yeah. There's really good stuff, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by talking about. Paul Durham's Uh-oh. <laughs> forthcoming. I'll cover my ears. You're going to make me blush. I, um, it's called The Last Gargoyle, and it is absolutely fantastic. I was super lucky to read a manuscript of it. And in fact, not I, I was lucky to read it, but also my daughter had an opportunity. And so, anyway, um, we had some late school nights, and thank you for that <laughs> because um, that's pretty much the only time where I'm cool with um, curfew getting broken. Um, but there's just nothing like reading a book at the same time your kid's reading it and uh, having your kid come out and say, you got to read this sentence again. It's just so good. And so, anyhow, um, Last Gargoyle is set in Boston. Um, and wait till you meet Penhallow. He, by the way, he's not a gargoyle. He would nope. really, <laughs> really wants you to know he's a grotesque. He Thank is a you grotesque. very much. Yep. Um, and so don't look just, at the cover. Uh, well, <laughs> just read yeah. the book. Well, it's, it, yeah. the, yes, yes, the, uh, the, uh, the he would, he would be he was very disappointed the publisher chose to <laughs> as another slap in the face refer to him as the last gargoyle as opposed to a grotesque so it's kind of appropriate i guess <laughs> but i'm telling you um you, you, it's coming out in january and i can't wait for people to read that first chapter because it has such a kick fall it's just it, uh, making me smile but i'm glad <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh it. It, it, it you just can't leave it there you've got to turn the page right. and i just i really love the voice of, of Penhallow, he's such a... Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> he's well, such he's an interesting snarky. character. Yeah. <laughs> he's snarky, and he's um, he's got the weight of the world on his very strong shoulders, and he's um, uh, lonely, and he's um, fierce, and he's deeply, deeply drawn to um, uh, remaining true to his mission. To protect his his um, the the people in his building in his domain, and um, it's got a really great pacing, and the spooky is really good stuff. When when you get into meeting um, the villains of the piece, um, it's definitely one of those creep coming up the back of your neck. And deliciously creepy. So I think it's one of those that kids are going to really respond to. And if they're adults reading with them, are going to find it really, really enjoyable. 
Like I said, you've embarrassed me. Now I blushed. But (laughs) of course, I'm really, you know, and I didn't put you up to this, by the way. No, you did not. In fact, I would just like to say. But we have confirmed our next year's podcast. (laughs) I would like to state for the record that I told Paul that I had to talk about it because I've been talking about it since I read it months ago. And so um, it's a great spooky read. And when January comes, we still have those long nights. Um, and so it's um, it's going to be a real hit. Well, it, it, it. it was tons of fun to write, and it was t- it was really tons of fun to share with early readers uh, like yeah. your, like you and your daughter and and Allison, of course, the kids here in Exeter who read it. So it, it was um, you know one of the biggest compliments I get is when I can keep kids up past their bedtime, and if I if I <laughs> if I can do that, I'm doing something right. Yeah. So um, so thank you for those kind words. I really I. You know, I, I happen to love this book. I think it's, I, I have a lot of fun writing it, and I hope that uh, that people well, enjoy it. Um, my daughter said, Penhallow yeah. is the hero we need now. And I said, <laughs> I love it. Bring it on. Yeah, there, there um, we go. So anyway, yeah, okay. big hit. We're, right. We can't wait to welcome it into the world. Well, well, thank you. And we'll do that in January. We're already talking about it, so that'll be, it'll be fun. Can't wait. I'm not even embarrassed me. Let's move on to oh. some other stuff. <laughs> I'm teasing. Thank you. But. Um, I have got two middle grade books here. Um, I will start with uh, Spirit Hunters by Ellen O., um, who I was interested in reading her new book because uh, she is the person who founded uh, We Need Diverse Books, and I was really mm. excited to read um, a new book from her. It is... Uh, it is actually a pretty standard um, ghost story when it comes down to it, um, with a bit of bit of something else going on. Um, the main character, uh, and I'm so bad with names, I'm going to check right now, Harper. Um, the main character, Harper, has moved into a new house, and um, she doesn't, there was this point in her life that she doesn't remember. All she knows is that um, the school burned down, her previous school burned down, and that her parents won't talk to her about it and she doesn't remember much about it she knows she thinks there is some sort of connection but she just she can't figure out what because she doesn't remember it um she knows that she was involved and she was in the hospital Mm. she just she doesn't remember in the meantime they've moved into this house and her brother has started acting a little weird he keeps talking about this imaginary friend that wants to do things and some and then suddenly those those playtimes get a little more intense and a little more creepy, and um, it sort of barrels from there into uh, revelations. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking for just a pretty good, like, straightforward ghost story, um, I, w- I would really recommend Spirit Hunters. Gorgeous cover, too. Yes. Um, I think for what it's worth, Ellen actually blurbed the last gargoyle. Oh, yeah. So that'll be, so that'll be, (laughs) as far as I know, I think that's the case. But, um, all right, Trigger's Spirit Hunters by Ellen O. And I think this is her first middle grade book. Is is it, am I correct in that? Or it's... I'm not sure. I know, uh, she, she did work on, um, uh, Flying Lessons, which Mm -hmm. was an edited, uh, short story collection. Right, right. She did specifically for We Need Diverse Books, but I think this might be the first, like, novel that she Yeah. I mean, she's done YA stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right. Cool. All right. Oh, I like that cover. All right. So (laughs) this next one um, is super cool. This is Thornhill Mm -hmm. by Pam Smy. And um, it's got a great moody atmospheric cover, you know, with the the black raised up, um, black and gray. Um, So the story is told, it's parallel storylines. And one of the storylines is purely visual. So one of the characters, um, Ella, we get to know her through um, picture sequences throughout the book. It reminds me of 
you mentioned Hugo Cabret, that kind of thing. Um, really beautiful, um, sort of monochrom monochromatic, um, but very evocative um, illustrations. And um, the uh, other character, we learn about Mary through um, what are, we seem, we realize are her diary entries from, um, I guess, early 1980s. Ella's story is taking place present day. Um, they're both girls who are on their own, deep loneliness, um, and a connection is made when um, one of the uh, Ella starts to see shadows um, across the way in the window of the, the house of the, what was the Thornhill Institute. Um, and it's got a, um, there's a line in the book that says, um, Mary, the, the character, uh, who lives at Thornhill is an orphan. And I think it's some sort of home for young girls with, without families. Um, and she's desperately unhappy there. She's bullied, um, and retreats up to like an attic room where she makes, um, beautiful handcrafted puppets and, and dolls and yeah when you see the pictures it can seem a little creepy but you see that she's trying to bring beauty into her world by making something with her own hands um, but she's uh, the, the when the story this is giving nothing away but when the story begins she finds when the story begins she finds that her um, bully has returned to the orphanage and um, she is on her guard again because this young girl has made her life absolutely miserable. Um, and there's uh, some rising tension throughout the book to the point where I found myself holding my breath just as I read the line that said, it feels as though the house itself is holding its breath. And it was, I thought, wow, she built that. It was very, a very subtle rise in tension. Um, and these, um, these girls make... Um, a connection, a very strange and um, poignant connection, and there's a surprise in store. It has a bit of a, a murky ending, um, but super powerful, and it just explores that um, pull of friendship and wanting to make a connection with somebody and um, what loss and loneliness, the impact it can have on um, a person and so friendship isn't always cut and dry and pretty um, but when a connection is made it can um, draw your heart into it so I thought I found that really compelling but it definitely has a spooky creepy dark feel that's great terrific and I again I'm a sucker for you know black and white and gray and dark oh, yeah. covers like that when but, it came in Alice and I both said ooh yeah. because it had that it definitely has this house looming in, yep. in the with the moon um, shrouded by clouds it's it's really cool yeah sounds great alright um I know we talked about this last year but I only managed to read it in time for this year um but there is a sequel <laughs> right. to it so I will uh, recommend the jumpies once again um and recommend reading a sequel um, now that I know more about it, um, it, it was actually a pretty touching story, a, a lot about, um, Corinne, um, the main character and her father and really, really getting into the unique mythology of Caribbean folklores and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, you know, 
because jumbies are where we get the word zombies from, and so I thought they'd be very similar, but it didn't actually turn out to be that similar at all. It's almost more like they are specific demons, mm-hmm. um, and and it, it just was not what I was expecting in that sense. I, I was definitely expecting like, oh, something comes in and makes everyone like super not normal. Right. Um, and in, in the meantime, it sort of draws this connection between Corinne and the Earth, because, like, and, and talking a lot about they are humans, they moved into this island, and they're the ones who are driving the jumpies back and back by expanding and building and growing, and so, no, not great for the jumpies to retaliate, but at the same time, they were the ones who had their home invaded. Right. And um, that really is what the, the major theme of the story is, is... is you know, losing family and losing your home, and how, how do you react to that? So jumbies are more like indigenous spirits or... or yeah, or um, yeah, more like... They're definitely more folktale kind of mm-hmm. demons. Um, that's actually what they reminded me most of, was, like, various... Like, they're all jumbies, but mm-hmm. not all jumbies are, like, the same. The same, right. Um, yeah, yeah. So there are, like, specific jumbies that are, like, these tiny ones that like to, like, whisk away children. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, this particular jumbie who's, like, a who looks like a beautiful woman, but the the way you find out that she's, you know, a jumbie is, like, she has, like, this one, like, cow foot or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, like, and I know she made up some, and she, uh, she obviously did a lot of research to uh, uh, to have uh, ones that were actually from folklore um, and you know all the work that she put into it really paid off in terms of the world building of the book um, I hope the sequel is as good <laughs> I, I can only assume it is right, right. Um, and if I was a more responsible person I would have read it already that's alright <laughs> someone has read I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's been read and, and uh, it's great The Jumpies by Tracy Baptiste right yes <laughs> yeah um, I was going to talk about um, next. Um, Cressida Cowell's um, book, The Wizards of Once, okay, yep. is out and it is great fun. Um, people remember her mm-hmm. name from the How to Train Your Dragon series. Yeah. And this is, um, has, is a completely it's new storyline and it's um, deeply magical and old magic, mm-hmm. mysterious old um, magic. And it's um, two kids from diametrically opposed societies are as a wizard boy um, who um, lacks magic and that's a pretty rough thing to be a kid in a um, where everyone assumes that you're going to magical one because you that's you're born born to it mm-hmm. and your father happens to be the most powerful wizard going um, and then there's wish um, she's a warrior girl her um, her society is rooted deeply in non-magical, and there's huge distrust between the two communities, and legend has built up around both of them. They avoid um, and distrust one another, um, and suddenly they are thrown into a situation where they have to step outside of those prejudices and um, get to know who they really are. They both have wishes and, and aspirations beyond what they've been, how they've been raised, and they both chafe at that. They're trying so hard to, to, be, to be themselves, and yet 
um, they're told constantly that's not how we do it here yeah. and so um, menace there's another speaking of lurking menaces um, there's an old 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 enemy um, making a power play and they have to um, just put their fears and prejudices aside and work for the common good and it's really it's funny and it's warm-hearted and um, great pacing I absolutely loved it and it's, it's ravens too there's a raven on the cover there's a raven so I'm already in yeah <laughs> and it, it's different different from how to train your dragon right and it's a little more it's a little it's a it's a, a denser book right there's it's more of a full length that's novel, right right yep. yep and it's in and it's exploring um some deeper um that whole thing about um being so distrustful and mm-hmm. so willing to go to war with an opposing viewpoint um, putting that sort of um, shining, shining a very bright light on that, so that we have to look at it and yeah. what that the the havoc that can wreak on individuals and on communities, and um, but yeah, the humor is great, and so um, there's great spooky moments. The magic is super cool. Um, there's some really fun, um, strange creatures, and yeah, I thought it was a really great read. Terrific. All right. All right, so Alice, you got something else, or are you? I am out of middle grade books. Okay, I have just one more. So, Witheringe House um, has some serious secrets going on. Uh, Elizabeth and Zenobia are friends. Um, They are very different. Zenobia has this very gothic sort of dark. um, She's a Poe lover of of Mm Poe, and she is encouraging Elizabeth to sort of. Um, get to the bottom of what's going on. This is, sorry, Elizabeth and Zenobia by Jessica Miller. Um, They're trying to get to the bottom of what's going on in in the house. Um, There is a a story of a a girl who's gone missing um, before. It's um, got that feel of the Night Gardener. Kids who enjoyed Mm -hmm. that book will definitely, I think, be, be drawn to this. Um, that so it's you know it's got all the points of spooky mansion, seances, um, um, the um, wordplay is really fun, and I I like that there's references to other works of literature mm-hmm. um, in the book, but their friendship is great. They have this great bit of snark going on, um, but uh, yeah, I love that thing where the layers of an onion where they're slowly realizing what's happened in that house and and why everything has been so covered up so um yeah i think it's a really fun read jessica miller's done a great a great job with this one very cool so elizabeth and zenobia yeah jessica miller Another great choice. You guys always get me inspired to read more every time I... <laughs> we inspire ourselves to read more. Yeah. We're always... I actually have a copy of um, Wizards of Once at Home, and I'm like, oh, God, I need to read it. <laughs> it's just sitting there underneath another stack of books. Um, so you have a YA books for us? Is that what you have there? Yes. Yeah. Um, moving on to YA books. Um, uh, this is an author who actually wrote this book a couple years ago, but she wrote the sequel to it uh, finally this year. They've republished um, both the first book. Well, they've they republished the first book to give it a snappy new cover. It's so beautiful. Um, it's by Nettie Okorafor, who's uh, really coming up as a big name in sort of the adult fantasy world, actually. Um, and she wrote a book uh, a couple years ago called Akata Witch. Mm. And um, it's... 
it's it's hard not to make uh, the comparisons to Harry Potter because you know there is magic and she enters this otherworldly school, but it is so Nigerian through and through. She does not flinch away from her roots in that sense, um, and the the magic feels unique um, because she's she's drawing from that, and it's it's definitely not a. Uh, like, you know, this year they did this, this, and this. They they got their supplies here. And, like, um, there was a scene that particularly struck me um, that reminded me a lot of Harry Potter where they're getting um, their their summoning knives. Um, and it was very similar to scene in Ollivander's. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, it wasn't super similar, but I couldn't help but, like, read it and be like, man, this is like the Ollivander's scene, but, like, super Nigerian. And there's something about that that I really dig. Mm-hmm. Um because it's a teen book, it goes, uh, and, and Harry Potter moves into teen as opposed to starting in teen. Um, Akata Witch definitely starts with a harder edge, and it definitely gets creepy as it as it goes um, further in, and it it it's a little more on um, the darker, dirtier side of magic. Okay. Um, you know, she has to get really unsavory items, and she doesn't have a magic shop in which to get it in, so she has to go to, like normal shops and ask for goat heads and stuff like that. Not exactly the normal thing you want to bring up in conversation in a normal shop. Um, but uh, it's just really rich in that sense and um, you get to see Sunny who um, she is um, an albino uh, teenage girl and she is you know, she, you, if she goes into sunlight she burns to a crisp in seconds. And she loves playing soccer, and she can't do that because she can't go out in sunlight. She she plays all the time with her brothers in nighttime. Um, But uh, the book has this theme of uh, true self and your your true magic face, and she finds out that that, like, sort of, that that is her, that she is sunlight in a sense, and so that kind of gets rid of her, and then she just explodes as a person, kind of, and no longer hesitates and well she she has some hesitation certainly but she's sort of a, a headstrong person from the start of the book and she gets even more fearless as she continues um it, it's just it's i think a re- gonna be a really really good series um i i don't know I, well she took a break from writing it to write like a hugo winning novella but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i'm glad that she came back to it because it, it's been it's been really good yeah, is, I have a copy of that at home. I'm I'm gonna up, put that up on the list. I definitely want to read. Is that. it set in in contemporary Nigeria? Is that it what is. It's set? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So interesting. So even so, even to the extent that it, it may seem familiar to Harry Potter fans, it sounds like it's it's different enough culturally that it probably makes for really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. It was just it was so cool and unique to be able to read her idea of what this sort of magical world would be. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, it's hard not to make the comparisons. It's a hidden magical world, and they have to like cross boundaries to enter it. And, mm-hmm. and they're learning magic as they go through. They each have a mentor. Sunny has a hard time finding a mentor, but um, <laughs> like it, it's just—I don't know. I it's it's definitely it feels more teen Harry Potter than the Nigerian Harry Potter, yeah. which I, I see a lot of people say it is. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Great. And we're down to last but not least, it looks like, if I am... Uh... I have one more. Oh, you have yeah. one more. Okay, great. I didn't, I, we are out of it. I hand-sold a copy of it the other day as so I've ordered more. Uh, Madeline Rue has um, come out with a new um, gothic horror series for um, teens, YA. 
um, and uh, it, it's called House of Furies, and it was, I absolutely loved it. I read it months ago. It's, again, one of those books that is staying in my head and is sort of nudging me um, to talk about it. It's um, a 17-year-old young woman um, is um, flees a really miserable existence at a boarding school where she's deeply punished. Her otherness is really apparent to um, the people who run the school and to her fellow students, and she's targeted for that. Um, she's super smart, but there's definitely stuff going on under the surface where she has some ability that is um, most definitely not, quote-unquote, normal behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and she um, finds herself um, employed um, after a really strange encounter with a strange woman. Um, uh, she, she finds herself employed at Cold Thistle House, um, which is this grand manor estate, and um, by you know the looks of it, it's um, beautifully maintained, and um, the people who are working there are devoted to um, taking care of um, their duties to the the people who come to the house. Uh, people are drawn from all over to this house, um, but she um, Louisa discovers that um, it's really not so much a place of um, fun and relaxation, it's, and this is not giving anything away, um, it's a place where people are going to meet their just desserts, or, and, and it's, um, that has this great sense of, um, uh, what is, what, where does, where do we draw the line at, um, humanity and monsters and, and the play between the two, um, she, um, uncovers something that's going on there. She feels that there's a person <clears throat> in the um, young person who has been drawn to the house in the company of an adult, and she feels that he does not deserve what she knows is coming for him. And so she steps up and um, discovers um, lots of dark and, and spooky things going on under the surface, but um, it is gorgeously written. There is some great illustrations um, it, within the interior. Um, they do some cool um, Iris Complet, I think, is the illustrator. Complet. And they have photo collages um, in the book that helps bring the the atmosphere of Cold Thistle House to life. And I absolutely loved it. So if you like gothic stuff and smart, um, surprising characters, this is the one. Great. Loved it. Um, I actually have two more books to talk about. Oh, okay. um, I actually don't know if I want to talk about the one I have in my hand right now. Right. But no, we, um, won't, we won't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the books uh, that I read, again, I read a couple months ago, and this is a bit of an unconventional young adult book, um, but it was called Long Way Down by Jason Reynolds. I love Jason Reynolds. <laughs> He's such a good author. Um, but uh, Long Way Down is a ghost story um, in a very unique and intense way and it's done in all in prose and um it tells uh the story of this uh young teenage man who lost his brother sean in um uh, his brother was shot and um they live in you know a, a black neighborhood where this is commonplace and he talks about the rules which is you don't cry you know, you don't tell and you don't snitch, and you take a gun and you go and, and take revenge for your for your fallen family member or friend or whatever it is. 
Um, so he finds a gun in his brother's dresser and he decides he takes the elevator down because he knows exactly who shot his brother, or so he thinks. And as he goes down this elevator, it keeps stopping at every floor, and every floor goes to the past, keep walking in and saying, Ooh. what do you have in your pocket there? What do you think you're going to do? And it just, it, the way that he wrote the poetry, and he, and he also, like, messes with format and stuff, and, and he does it in these really, like, tiny but really gut-punching ways. And you could probably read in, like, an afternoon, but, like, you know, your your chest will just seize up because it gets, it, like, every person that gets in the elevator gets more and more closer to him. First it's, like, a distant friend of his father's, and then it becomes his uncle, and then it becomes his, like, childhood best friend. It just keeps getting closer and closer to him, and you know what's coming next. Mm. Um, and, you know, they keep asking him, are you sure? Do you know that this is the right person? Because, you know, let, let's tell my story. Um, and this keeps happening. Are you going to let it keep happening? And it's just, it was not your conventional ghost story, but it was, it was definitely a gut puncher. And, um, you know, even if it's not about, like, you know, spooky ghosts. It's it it's more about an existential horror, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the final one I would talk I will talk about, um, which is coming out next year in March. And Jill, I know, is super excited about it too. We're both super excited about it. There's a book coming out called Dread Nation by Justina Ireland, um, which we were both. Oh my god, I was like up at one in the morning and I was texting Jill like, oh my god, this book was so amazing. Yeah, it was so good that I couldn't even talk to Alice about it. I, I just didn't want to say a word. I wanted her to just come to it with her own. I knew she would have her own ideas about it, but I just couldn't go there. She just said, so did you like it? And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, um, hugely. I loved it. And so I just waited for her to yeah, and, read it, and we both went bonkers. I was I was uh, going to meet her at NABA, and so I wanted to have a book before I met her and it was just it is so good in all the best ways um mm -hmm. it is uh it is actually a historical arguably an alter alternate history book mm -hmm. um it has zombies in it which is why I would say it qualifies for Halloween although it is coming out in March but as we said yeah. horror books can be read all year round oh yeah um and it follows the story of a young woman named Jane and uh which is pretty on the nose for the Jane Austen references that are pretty prevalent in it. Um, but she has grown up um, in a society where uh, zombies started walking during the Civil War. And they were like, oh crap, there are zombies here, we got to set aside our differences. So they expedited the end of the war and they devoted their, uh, their focus on defeating zombies. And she, she is attending the school where... It is essentially required for all black and all Native Americans, uh, uh, young peoples in the country to be trained to kill zombies. And uh, it is very much a racial status issue. Um, and she is so, like, she is so unflinching about it. Um, but at the same time, she like, you know, if you just want to read it as a zombie book, my God, it is such a good zombie book. And I <laughs> yeah. know that zombie books are like, you know, I know that people are getting super tired of them. I don't, I'm not getting super tired of them, but, um, I can see why, but, you know, as much as zombies, like, the action sequences are really thrilling and really exciting, and they just don't compromise on its mildly awesome-esque atmosphere with mm -hmm. hints of Mark Twain and, 
you know, it's just, it's an absolutely exhilarating book all the way through it. And, yeah. like, I, it was the book that I stayed up for, and I just couldn't stop reading it once I got to, like, the halfway point. I was just like, I need to know what happens. Yeah, it's one of those books I, I finished reading, and I shut the book and turned it over and started reading again. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, just, it's absolutely fantastic, and I think, um, I think people are going to absolutely... Love meeting that Jane. seriously amazing <laughs> Jane McKean. She's um, she's whip smart and fully aware of um, the power within, but she also knows that she's um, she's got to be ready to deal with all the flack that comes from being a marginalized um, person in, in in her in her world, even though her skills are more than ever in, in they're in desperate need because that, um, that thing about zombies. Yeah. Once you have <laughs> a couple zombies, you're going to have many more. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, dread nation, Justina Ireland. It's absolutely aces. I would highly recommend it if you read Pride and Prejudice and were like, eh. and if you, even if you liked Pride and Prejudice zombies, um, like I would, I would give it a shot anyway. Cause I actually liked it considerably more than Pride and Prejudice zombies. Um, which felt like Pride and, Prejudice, Pride and Prejudice with zombies kind of thrown in, whereas Dread Nation is much more like, let's say that zombies happened during this time period. How would it affect everything? How would it change their society? How would our, you know, the society that was prevalent at the time affect the society that is that is that she has essentially created for this book? You know, she 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 does not let the history of this country get away with itself. Um, <laughs> And it is, it is, it is absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited. I was actually really upset because it's a series, and I ended it, and I was like, no, I have to wait longer than everyone else to read this book. <laughs> well, it sounds like it works on on multiple levels, yes. which is always nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is that's great. So we have books on the shelves now. We can look forward to that are out now. People can pick up books that people can look forward to in the future. So wow, another Did everyone buy Paul's. We keep book? the creep going. <laughs> we want, yeah, creepy is good. Yeah, so keep, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, see, we can be creepy year round. Creepy, yes. spooky, scary. They clearly, publishers clearly don't mind publishing creepy books all year round. And it's a thing. It's yeah, a, yeah it's it's a thing. So, <laughs> yeah. so before I let you guys go, in the spirit of the season, any cool Halloween costumes this year? You guys, do you guys do Halloween costumes? Or? Oh, uh, alas, I'm not doing one no. this year. Um, I am um, hosting a party in my neighborhood that we do every year. And no costume and as the hostess no, with the monsters? You know what? I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm cooking for it and yeah. stuff, so I'm like, I figure, you know, I'm a little bit clumsy. I'd be flammable yeah. immediately if I was wearing something. But my, my daughter is going as Rosie the Riveter. So oh, that's I'm an awesome excited costume. for that. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I'm really excited to see that. And, um, yeah, what about you, Alice? What I don't you? normally dress up, but I'm still upset that my costume last year wasn't super appreciated because I got late to the Harry Potter party. Oh, <laughs> that was I, such a great costume. I, I showed up in, like, like, uh, like, Fur coats in the middle of Derm Strong. She was an, the ultimate yes. Derm Strong student. Um, it was like the middle of summer. I was wearing a fur coat. It was like the worst night of my life. But I and also like it was just like no one else can appreciate this costume, and I feel upset about that. So I'm now telling everyone else. Nobody else except for me. I demanded that she take a picture. I was Rita Skeeter. Yes, it yeah. was a great Rita Skeeter costume. Yeah. So I got the exclusive. Every single pic. picture of it was just 
It was great for no reason. <laughs> what about you? You dressing up? Uh, well, probably. Well, yes. Yeah, so by back by popular demand. So I'm not as well. You guys may remember. I'm not one for parties, right? I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm Mr. Comudgeon. Don't worry. But um, my wife actually convinced me to go to a party with her this weekend, and. Um, she was uh, she was Wonder Woman and looked great in the Wonder Woman costume. Fabulous. Um, and I needed something to sort of compliment that, so I went as Clark Kent. So I, I kind okay, of I, love I, w- it. I wasn't I, I didn't quite have the the arrogance to pull off Superman. <laughs> so I so I did the Superman T shirt with like sort of the open you know open button down and the Got and the, the nerdy glasses and yeah. and uh, so I would think I was able I was able to pull off a Clark Kent more than a Superman. Okay, but, I think um, that works. That's I think stuff. I think I think it, I think it worked. And uh, and our daughters were very upset that they missed out on seeing us in the costume. Him, so have insisted that we re- that we recreate the okay, create the look good stuff. For, for, on Halloween itself. So yeah. um, it may make a return. That's appearance. good parenting. Yes, yeah. yes. We're like, all right, fine. <laughs> Embarrassing yourself for your children. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> it, exactly. So that's uh, that's Halloween for us. But um, thank you guys as always. This is awesome. Yeah, and, thank you, Paul. And this I hope really we can do fun. it. I hope we can do it again. The year went by always. fast, and we'll have to do it the third really annual. <laughs> oh you know what? We'll keep reading this stuff, and yeah. if you'll have us back, we would of love course, to, absolutely to chat spooky books. We absolutely. We'll find some more good spooky books for uh, for next year. And I'm glad awesome. to have told you that that Last Gargoyle was really good. Thank you. And <laughs> now that I can tell everyone else that it's really good as well. well I, it I, deserves it. it th- thanks. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. And, um, and Honestly, I'm not being paid for this or anything. No, 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 no paid. <laughs> it comes uh, from the heart. It yeah. truly does. Well, thank you guys and have a very happy Halloween. And to you. Thanks you so much, Paul. All right. Bye, you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, Telling Lies to Children was brought to you by, well, nobody. Just me and my guests. One of the nice things about being completely unknown in the vast world of podcasting is that you don't have to listen to me read 10 minutes worth of ads at the beginning and end of every episode. But I hope you'll check out my website, pauldurhambooks.com. There you can find out more about the Luck Ugly series, You can book a school visit, you can shop the newly opened Dead Fish Inn gift shop, or just reach out and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find links to all of my guests' websites and social media there. So until next time, I wish you happy reading, ugly luck, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. See you next time.